Welcome to the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast, a free resource for gymnast parents and coaches to learn to fuel the gymnast for optimal performance and longevity in the sport. I'm your host, Christina Anderson, and I'm a pediatric and adolescent registered dietitian, sports nutritionist, a former gymnast, a current nationally rated gymnastics judge, and a wife plus dog mom. I help gymnasts and their parents learn to fuel without the stress or overwhelm so that they can reach their big goals and dreams both in and out of the sport. We want to help parents take a proactive approach to nutrition, and to do so, this podcast is all about hashtag real talk, where we tackle tough subjects about nutrition, body image, and more in the sport of gymnastics. All right, let's dive in. You are listening to episode 19 of the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast. Hello and welcome back. I am excited per usual to talk with you guys about whether or not your gymnast is ready for competition season, right? It is uh, currently the end of October as I'm recording this episode, which means more than likely your gymnast is just two months out from the start of competition season. Um, I can say that most of the gymnasts that I work with in the United States, you know, those that are part of the developmental program, um, some will start, you know, some in-house, maybe mock meets or just smaller meets, Uh, potentially, you know, December, but then we have the holidays. So I'd say for the most part, um, most clubs really start hitting the road in, in January. So, um, this still gives us some time to get our priorities straight and make sure that what we are doing and spending our time and money with in terms of our gymnasts is something that is helping and not, um, harming them in terms of helping them stay healthy, this competition season. So I want to go over what I feel like are kind of six things that we need to keep in mind as we approach competition season in order to help your gymnasts last for several months, right? I mean, we just um, had developmental program nationals announced. It is in Oklahoma City this year, which is super exciting. Um, That is my uh, home state um, and where I lived a little bit before um, I got married to my now husband. But that's in May, right? I think it's May like 9th through 14th. So that's a long time from the start of January. Um, I know this year with with the, rec- the economy and kind of everything going on from some clubs, I've heard that they are competing less. So they may only have um, four to five meets before state meets and then hopefully regionals, nationals, but others are um, competing maybe almost every other week. So kind of regardless of where you are and what level your gymnast is, um, we definitely have a busy season that is almost upon us. So the first and most important thing that you need to be focusing on as a gymnast parent, as a coach, as a medical provider is helping your gymnast to close the recovery gap. And if you've not listened to episode four of the podcast, all about red S or relative energy deficiency in sport, that is an absolutely, um, crucial episode for you to really understand both the physical and performance consequences from your gymnast not getting enough nutrition. And what I call, you know, unintentional underfueling where, you know, probably starting in level four or five, maybe six, a lot of gymnasts are training 15, 20 plus hours a week, but they're not getting enough nutrition. If we were to look at what they're getting compared to what they need, they are in a deficit. There's what I call the recovery gap in their body just simply isn't able to optimally repair, recover, adapt to their training. Um, And a big red flag of this is if they are not growing and developing, that means their body also does not have enough nutrition for 
you know, optimal adaptation and just repair from training. And unfortunately, you know, we'll see gymnasts who are unintentionally underfueled for years and years and years. Um, and they, they seem unscathed, right? They are healthy, they're strong, they're progressing, they're advancing the levels and everyone thinks it's fine. And yet then often at the start of puberty or by like 13, 14, 15, even if they're not showing any signs of puberty, which is often delayed, um, that's when a lot of these overuse injuries will crop up, these growth plate related injuries, uh, maybe bone related injuries like stress reactions or stress fractures or just injuries that aren't healing well. And everyone's kind of sitting around scratching their head, thinking that it all just has to do with how many hours they're training or training too much. But really, if we take a historical look at their nutrition, this has been something that's been kind of brewing under the surface for years and years and years. And while this is um, devastating and can lead to gymnasts being out um, for months, if not years, I mean, it can certainly blow their competition season. Um, For me, I think this is a topic where there's also a lot of hope and a lot of prevention. And and that's a big part of us working with um, younger gymnast parents. Um, That's not something that we've done forever. I mean, I would say when I first started out, my one-on-one coaching and consulting was really more focused on high-level gymnasts, kind of level 8, 9, 10 um, gymnasts who, you know, were struggling with injuries, struggling with food and body issues, you know, really um, needing support. And while I still do that, and that's kind of our um, premium, kind of most um, high high tier offer, if you will, um, we've really tried to focus on kind of the lower level compulsory parents, lower level optional parents, because it's at that stage where I feel like we can, you know, enact the most change. You know, if, if parents of gymnasts at this stage an age in their journey can learn how to fuel their gymnasts optimally before they go through puberty, before they've been training 20 plus hours a, a year for years and years and years. I mean, that can literally change the trajectory of their gymnastics career. And I will say that it seems that a lot of these injuries related to underfueling will often crop up at the most inopportune time. You know, when high-level gymnasts are approaching high school, when they're, you know, trying to train and compete level nine, level 10, maybe trying to test elite, trying to get noticed by college coaches and get recruited, you know, it's, it's all of a sudden they find themselves injured and on the sidelines. And if you're the parent of an older gymnast who is going through the recruiting process, <laughs> you know how critical it is for your gymnast to be visible. You know, I mean, it's just the bottom line, like gymnasts that are at nationals are going to get attention. Gymnasts that are healthy and competing are going to get attention. Um, it's just the way it works. And I mean, college coaches aren't they're not dumb, right? They know that gymnasts are hurt and that there's a lot of talented gymnasts out there who could be valuable assets to their team that are just going to have some unfortunate luck and, you know, maybe get injured. But I would say for the majority, if you can stay healthy, you're, you're definitely going to have a much better shot um, at just being noticed, you know, among the, the hundreds of other gymnasts all vying for such few spots on, on college teams. So I think there's a couple of reasons that gymnasts are underfueled, right? The first one I like to refer to is what I call unintentional underfueling, where, you know, you as a parent are feeding your gymnast as you've been taught, right? You're probably told to keep it really clean, really healthy. You offer them a couple meals a day, a couple snacks a day. And as far as your gymnast is concerned, they probably think they're getting enough, right? If you're, if they're hungry, you feed them, they stop when they're full. And while I love that, right, that very um, intuitive approach to nutrition, we have to use a lot of our kind of nutrition knowledge when it comes to fueling the gymnast, because when you're training 20 to 25 hours a week or more, there's a lot of reasons that a gymnast may not be hungry and yet they're still not getting what they need nutrition wise to close the recovery gap. 
The second part of kind of what I would consider, you know, really contributes most to REDS is intentional restriction. And this is certainly one that's not talked about as much, but it is unfortunately very prevalent in our sport. It's very prevalent in our culture today. And that is, you know, some form of disordered eating or even a clinical eating disorder. And I can say for gymnasts, um, you know, I love the sport with all my heart, but it doesn't do a great job at teaching gymnasts how to um, use their emotions and their feelings and how to process and deal with them. And so oftentimes we will watch gymnasts um, having learned from a young age to use food and their body as a way to cope with stress, with anxiety, with emotions, with difficult coaches, so on and so forth. Um, and that can easily spiral into disordered eating um, or just you know, behaviors that culture may regard as healthy. And yet when it comes to the high level gymnast training a lot, um, can actually be really harmful. So, um, if you are wondering if this is going on with your gymnast or not, we have a free quiz that you can take. The link is in the show notes, um, that can give you a good idea of where your gymnasts may fall in terms of, you know, adequate fueling, or maybe there's some unintentional underfueling going on, or even some intentional restriction If you're noticing signs of intentional restriction, you know, if all of a sudden your gymnast has decided to cut out food groups, if all of a sudden she's, you know, working out a ton more outside the gym on her own when she's already training 20 plus hours a week, um, if she's always making comments about food and her body, um, if she looks like she um, has either maybe lost weight or maybe has stopped growing um, or maybe her weight is just fluctuating. It's all over the place. Um, Definitely some, some cause for concern and just, you know, a sign that you need to maybe pay attention a little bit more. I will say that food and body struggles are so sensitive and there's often so much guilt and shame around them um, that all of us tend to do a really good job of hiding, you know, any sort of struggle. And I think especially for parents, you know, you live with your gymnast, you see them day in, day out. And so it's not, it's not until things get bad that often parents can then kind of look back and recognize and say, oh gosh, yeah, I I do notice that, you know, three, six, nine months ago, you know, my gymnast started doing X, Y, Z. And, you know, at the time I didn't think much about it, but now looking back like, Ooh, I can see Um, that's kind of where things started to go down a bad path. So um, please ask for support, reach out to a dietitian, therapist, um, a a team of both of them is is certainly um, the most ideal situation. And I can say that prevention goes such a far way. Um, And even just early intervention, like we have a lot of research showing that the earlier we can intervene um, in someone who is struggling with food and body, the better outcome that they'll have, the better response to treatment. Um, and it's more than likely not something that is going to go away or they're going to grow out of. So it's it's something as a parent that you really need to take seriously. I think the second thing that we need to keep in mind to help optimize this competition season for our gymnast is performance nutrition. And I will tell you, I have worked with a lot of really high level level 10 uh, and elite gymnasts who have gone their whole careers never having utilized performance nutrition. And that is the strategic use of pre-intra and post-workout nutrition and hydration to level up performance and focus um, and optimize, you know, training as well as adaptation to training and recovery. And here's the deal. Um, Gymnasts are incredibly tough. And so if you ask them, um, do you need a snack during training? A lot of them will say no, because they think that snacks are for if you're hungry. But there's a difference between snacking versus fueling. And this is something that we covered last week in our fueled and focused challenge. Um, There's a lot of times where your gymnast just may need 
additional nutrition to support what they're doing, you know, how much they're training, how long they're training, the intensity of the training, even though they may not physiologically feel hungry. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, the first one is that um, exercise is stressful for the body. It increases the core body temperature and all those things are going to blunt the appetite. Um, But secondly, I feel like if a gymnast is hungry during a four to five hour training, they more than likely went into that training under fueled to begin with, right? Which is, which is not optimal. They are not going to get the most results from their efforts in the gym. If they're going into that workout, um, anything, you know, under fully fueled. So we want to help your gymnast workouts be as effective as possible. And using performance nutrition is something that can separate your gymnast from their competition, right? Because everyone trains, everyone conditions. A lot of gymnasts do, you know, outside PT or strength coaching. They may work with a mental coach, right? They're, they're all doing the same things. But if you're looking at a gymnast training and, and what they're doing in the gym every day and how effective it is, if they're going into gym after school and they're tired, and even though they're giving it their all, they're only performing at 50 to 70%. If their competition knows how to fuel their workout and they're getting 90 to hundred percent out of their workout, it doesn't matter if they're more talented than their competition, right? Because if they're only getting 50 to 70%, um, they're going to fall behind. So learning to use performance nutrition to level up performance and focus is a really crucial way that can help your gymnast stay healthy this season and really just stay on, on top of her game and get the most out of every practice, every turn, every rep. But the other thing is that performance nutrition is a safety concern. When we think about long, um, high-level, intense workouts, you know when do most injuries happen? Most of them tend to occur at the end of practice when your gymnast is tired, when they're struggling to focus, um, when they maybe are lacking some of the strength and power to get the flip all the way around, to get the twist all the way around, um, or just to react fast enough to keep themselves safe. So not only is performance nutrition something that can strategically be used to optimize performance, um, but in my mind, it's also something that can help um, prevent injuries, especially those um, kind of accidental injuries that really come from just a gymnast not not being able to think straight, you know, not being able to react as quickly as they could if their body had what it needed. The other thing you have to keep in mind with performance nutrition is this can really support your gymnast through endurance struggles, through training plateaus, through emotional struggles, um, and certainly growth spurts, right? Like we want to support your gymnast during this four to five plus hour workout so that their body has all the energy it needs, um, especially if they're, you know, struggling to put together the floor routine or they seem stuck with certain skills. Um, I used to separate, you know, performance from, you know, I'd ask a gymnast like, well, are you struggling because it's a technique issue or are you struggling on that skill because it's, it's like an endurance issue, like you're too tired. And if a gymnast told me that it was a technique issue, I would just kind of write it off and figure that they would, you know, eventually learn it and work with their coach. And obviously that's not uh, my, my territory. But then the more I thought about it, you know, especially upper level gymnasts with more advanced skills, I was like, wait a second, you know, if a gymnast is working on a release move on bars and they don't have the energy that they need, um, it doesn't matter how many reps they take, right. To try and make the corrections and learn the technique. If they're too tired, they're, they're not going to be able to make those changes. And I think so many high level gymnasts can relate to that, right. Where, uh, maybe the third event of the day is bars. They're trying to catch their Jaeger and maybe the first two tries, they feel pretty good and they have energy, but by that third or fourth try, they're already tired. So even if the coach is saying, you know, to, to do this faster or go harder or whatever correction they're giving them, it's, it's like they're trying, but their body just doesn't have the fuel that it needs. 
The other thing in regards to performance nutrition is um, just your gymnast kind of emotional prowess, if you will, right? I mean, the brain is a huge organ that is incredibly metabolically active. I mean, it uses at least 130 grams of carbohydrate per day by itself. And you will watch gymnasts struggle with mood and emotion regulation when they are underfueled, right? Especially young gymnasts who maybe haven't learned to communicate how they're feeling. All of a sudden, coaches may notice that they're just moody towards the end of a four-hour practice, or they're fussy, or they're not listening well, or when the parent picks them up, they're hangry. Maybe they're kind of combative. They don't want to talk about training. And, you know, oftentimes parents and coaches just assume that that's some sort of, you know, attitude or behavioral problem. When in reality, oftentimes your gymnast brain just doesn't have enough nutrition. It doesn't have enough fuel. And if you think about it, you know, the brain is first going to prioritize that fuel to stay alive. It's going to make sure the fuel is, you know, used to keep the heart beating and the lungs breathing and the brain working for kind of primal basic functions. Then if it has enough nutrition for there, from there, it can use um, some of that for mood and emotion regulation for kind of the higher order thinking that's required for um, very technical skills in gymnastics. But if we don't have enough nutrition, then it's just going to do um, the, the basic functions to keep you alive. So, um, I know coaches can get very frustrated, especially with teen gymnasts who are struggling emotionally or struggling with fear or mental, mental blocks, and maybe just assume that it's, it's some sort of attitude problem or teenage hormones. And while that could totally be at play, right? We're all allowed to have feelings and and teenagers are very difficult. I would say that, um, I will watch gymnasts struggle immensely when they are under fueled and when they are properly fueled, um, they feel like just a, a whole new person and it's pretty incredible. The third thing that you need to keep in mind this competition season is sleep, right? And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but um, gosh, you just really have to be pretty militant and disciplined about this topic. Like I I hate to say that because that kind of goes against my philosophies as a dietitian and how I teach, you know, parents to food parent and to fuel their gymnasts, but I don't really see any other way around it, right? Like we know that gymnasts need at least eight hours a night. Uh, I would say ideally nine for some of our younger gymnasts, definitely 10 hours. And I think if we are really honest with ourselves, um, a lot of things get in the way of that, right? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is the cell phone, right? And you know how many gymnasts get in bed and if they were to fall asleep in the next half hour, they conceivably could get eight hours and yet they stay on their phone scrolling TikTok or Insta or doing whatever they're doing, you know, for an hour or two. And then by the time they fall asleep, now they've only gotten six hours. And, you know, sleep is so crucial for motor learning, for muscle recovery, for adaptation to training, for appetite regulation, for mood and emotion regulation, for um, cognitive development. I mean, sleep is just, it's just magical (laughs) in terms of when your gymnast gets enough, it helps everything kind of reset and come together. So in my mind, it's something that, you know, if your gymnast has big goals and dreams, it's just something that they can't mess around with. Um, And that's hard. You know, it is really hard when they're already spending so much time in the gym They already feel like they don't have much of a social life. Their friends are staying out late and going to all sorts of activities and, you know, not getting in bed till 2 a.m. and sleeping until noon the next day. But your gymnast can't do that because they have to go to practice. Like, I get it. And it can seem unfair. Um, But I also can say, you know, from this side of it, as I imagine many other kind of former gymnasts would say, like, it's, it's worth it in the end. You know, like when you can achieve your goals or get close to them, you're not going to look back and wish that, you had 
you know, stayed on TikTok for two more hours when you were in middle school. Like you're going to be grateful that your parents helped you to get the sleep that you needed. Um, I think some easy strategies is, are to, you know, keep the phone out of the room, you know, or, or put your phone on a charger um, across the room, you know, not on the bedstand table where you can pick up your phone and scroll it while it's charging, but literally put it on the charger across from your bed. That way you have to wake up to turn it off or you have to get out of bed um, to turn it off in the morning when your alarm goes off. And likewise, you have to put it on the charger before you get in your bed. Um, I think the other area where I see a lot of gymnasts struggle in regards to sleep is just inefficiencies with schoolwork, which again, I think goes back to when they're not sleeping enough, when they're not fueled, of course, it's going to be more difficult, you know, cognitively to think through schoolwork and do homework. Um, it's tough. I mean, I've worked with a lot of gymnasts where just logistically, like the time that they have to wake up for school, the time they get out of school, the time they get out of gym, um, there may not be more than seven and a half hours available for them to sleep. Um, so I think that's where you just have to do your best. Um, at the same time, if it is not physically possible for your gymnast to get more than seven hours because of what time gym gets out and because of their school schedule, um, we got to, we got to make some changes, right? Like whether that's talking to the school counselor and appealing for some sort of athletic leave or study hall so that they can get out at least an hour early and try to get some of their homework done before gym. Um, I hate to say it, but maybe it's leaving gym a little bit early and your gymnast just being more efficient, um, with the time that they do have so that they can get home and finish their homework and go to bed. Um, that's a, that's a big one, probably a really sensitive subject for a lot of gymnasts, even coaches, you know, the thought of pulling them out of some of the training, but if we can fast forward and think about how, you know, 30 minutes less of training could equal more time to do homework, more time to get in bed and more time in bed is going to maximize what they are doing in the gym and what they are learning in school. Then that's an easy way for your gymnast to get ahead. Um, another thing that I'll often recommend to gymnasts is, you know, if they're practicing five or six days in a row and they're so stressed out and they can't get their homework done and we hardly have time to eat or, you know, meal prep or whatever we're trying to do, I'll say, look, like, why, why don't we take Wednesday nights off? Like a lot of gymnasts, um, appreciate having a day off in the middle of the week instead of just two weekend days off. And not only can that be such a productive day for their bodies for just rest and repair and recovery, um, but also for them to kind of catch up on school, decompress, and then show up at the gym, you know, Thursday, Friday or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and be that much better. So, I, I implore you and your gymnast to sit down and figure out how they can get eight to nine hours of sleep a night. Um, not just during competition season, but even outside of season, because as we know with gymnastics off season is not really off season. <laughs> it is improvement season. Um, and it's just as intense and strenuous, but, but in a different way. I think the fourth thing that we need to keep in mind in terms of competition season is your gymnast mental health. Um, I have worked with a lot of gymnasts in the past couple of weeks that are really struggling with anxiety and it is trickling into their schoolwork. It's trickling into the gym. And I, I hate to say this, but there is definitely a time and a place for psychologists, for licensed professional counselors, for, you know, true clinical therapists who have the tools to help gymnasts work through anxiety, depression, whatever it is, which is different than hiring a mental coach, right? I think there is a time and a place absolutely to work with like a mental coach or a kind of a sports psychologist, whether it's working on competition anxiety or mental blocks or confidence, right? I, I think um, there's definitely a time and a place for that. One of my great friends, um, Rebecca Smith with Complete Performance Coaching and her, her program called Perform Happy, they do an incredible job at that. 
But um, her team is awesome in that when they do recognize that a gymnast is struggling with something deeper, they will refer out. And they actually have a psychologist on their team who can provide some of that clinical support if needed, or they will kind of refer a family to uh, more local resources, which is so appropriate. Um, anytime I have a gymnast who, you know, we're having a panic attack during practice, or we're so anxious that, you know, we, we don't know up from down, we are just having a meltdown about school, about training, about recruiting. Um, that's not necessarily like a, a mental coach issue. That's definitely more of um, a therapist or honestly, more specifically a psychologist. I work with this incredible psychologist um, out in Phoenix. She sees a lot of my clients virtually and she's an adolescent psychologist that is specialized in anxiety, OCD, and disordered eating, which in my mind is like the trifecta for a high-level gymnast. And even within just a few sessions, a lot of the gymnasts that I refer to her and that we work with mutually get so much relief, which not only translates to better performance in the gym, but better performance at school, better relationships, and just overall um, well-being. And so before we get deep into competition season where you're traveling all the time and your gymnast feels like they have no time, if they are struggling at all right now, please get them some support, especially because if your gymnast has goals and dreams of competing collegiately, they're going to need the tools and the coping skills that they can develop in therapy um, now. You know, like those aren't fun skills to try to learn freshman year when you're brand new on a college gymnastics team or you're trying to navigate life as a student athlete. Um, I'd say the fastest way to tank your freshman year is going, you know, into college without having these tools to manage life, right? And and that's just the reality is we all struggle with different things regardless of who we are in our profession, regardless of whether or not we're athletes or not. So I think taking a proactive approach and getting support now um, can make such a difference for your gymnast career. The fifth thing that I think we need to keep in mind to help our gymnasts stay healthy and last throughout this competition season is um, their health, you know, specifically their immune health, their immune system. Um, I had a parent ask on Instagram the other day in reference to like underfueling. They're like, oh, does this have something to do with, you know, why my gymnast always catches like every single cold or virus that seems to come around during competition season, which is the winter. And I'm like, yes, you know, when we look at red S relative injury deficiency in sport and under fueling, um, the immune system is one organ system that is affected by under fueling and it's affected in a negative way. Your immune system can be depressed when the body is not getting what it needs nutritionally, um, which makes sense because your immune system is built from proteins, right? Immunoglobulins, which are kind of your immune system's messengers that travel throughout the body. It's kind of your defense system. Um, those are built from, from proteins. So if we don't have overall adequate nutrition to grow and to develop and to repair and recover and adapt to our training, we're also not going to have enough to really help your body keep its best defenses up, right? And obviously other things like eating enough and sleep and stress management and hygiene, like all of those are super important. Um, but I remember experiencing that as a gymnast, um, I would get back-to-back upper respiratory infections. Sometimes they would turn into bronchitis. Um, I don't experience that now. It's not just because I'm, well, I work from home, so I guess I'm not as exposed to as many germs. Uh, but it was definitely um, obvious that I um, was just run down. And, and I think that's the bottom line. I know a lot of parents notice it. A lot of coaches notice it. Um, and there's nothing worse than trying to compete when you have a head cold or um, osh obviously these days, like if you have COVID or the flu, like you won't even go to the meet, right? I mean, when I was a gymnast or even just a couple of years ago before COVID, 
you know, if you were sick, it was kind of like, all right, suck it up, take some, take some Tylenol and you'll be fine. But these days you, you just might not even be allowed to travel. So I think doing everything you can from a sleep perspective, from a nutrition perspective, um, to keep your gymnast healthy is also crucial to allow them to have the best season possible. And then the sixth thing that I think we need to keep in mind in terms of competition season is, uh, the competitions themselves, right? It's one thing to have nutrition strategies throughout the week, throughout normal trainings for your gymnast to know what feels good in their body, you know, before training and during training, but competition is a whole different animal, especially because a lot of your gymnasts may have just one training schedule, right? They may work out from four to eight or four thirty to eight thirty, or maybe eight to noon, eight to one. And yet when season rolls around, they could compete at 8 a.m., at 11 a.m., at 1 p.m., at 2 p.m., at 4 p.m., at 5 p.m., at 6 p.m. Like they could compete at literally any time of the day. Um, and that can very much alter, you know, nutrition and meal timing and snacks. And then out on top of that, a lot of competitions are away from home where your gymnast doesn't necessarily have all of their familiar foods um, and things that they enjoy eating and make them feel good. And then later on top of that, just the nerves and anxiety of a competition itself. Um, and you have just kind of this trifecta for your gymnast to implode. And I would say most often uh, just not eat or eat enough before the competition. And it can be extremely obvious. Um, I got to watch a lot of gymnasts at nationals last year um, and, and firsthand saw the effects of what happens when you choose not to eat breakfast before maybe your eight o'clock or 11 o'clock meet? Um, you may think, well, it's a meet, it's short, you know, it's not that much gymnastics, they'll be fine, but they won't be, especially at that level, right? Like maybe level four, okay, whatever. I mean, honestly, they will do better with food, of course, their brain, but level 10, I mean, yes, it is less working out than normal practice, but it's still very intense. And I watched level 10s just, you know, dropping like flies. They were falling off being their missing bar connections, their feet were coming out from under them on their third tumbling pass. They were wiping out on vault. Um, and, and many of them hadn't eaten anything because of nerves. So, I mean, that kind of goes back to tip number four in terms of mental health. I mean, that's where, um, you know, therapists, psychologists, mental coaches can help with competition, anxiety and nerves. I would say if it's a more severe form to the point that your gymnast cannot eat anything, they've got nervous stomach, they feel like they're going to vomit. You definitely want to get them some support from a licensed psychologist or therapist who can help them work through um, that anxiety um, and also partner with a dietitian who can help come up with a fueling plan and competition nutrition strategies that can work. Um, you know, I always tell gymnasts when it comes to fueling themselves before a meet, you know, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know, just because you're nervous and you feel like you can't eat uh, a normal breakfast, that doesn't mean that we should skip it entirely. Um, and in fact, um, our fueling for competition season workshop is coming up in December where um, I walk gymnasts and parents through all of these strategies of how to fuel um, the night before, you know, what types of dinners we should be eating, um, what we should think about when we are traveling, whether we're driving or flying, how to fuel the day of the competition, no matter what time that you're competing, um, who needs fuel during the competition, which certainly um, depends on age and level intensity, but as well as how well they fuel prior to. Um, and in my mind, these are all just things that need to be sorted out prior to the competition because your gymnast already has other things that they need to be thinking about and focusing on. And when they feel confident in their fueling strategies, that can also help give them a sense of confidence 
on the day of competition. So um, I hope these six tips have been really helpful to you. Um, Like I said, we are approaching competition season, um, certainly for developmental program um, optionals and those who are, you know, on the elite track as well. I mean, I know our um, senior elites right now are wrapping up their season at Worlds, but then for them, it's back to uh, monthly camps and invite camps. Our, you know, younger elite track gymnasts, our tops, our hopes, um, our junior elites, um, they're in a little bit of kind of a rest and rebuilding phase, but for some of them, they will have elite qualifiers that are coming up. Um, And then for compulsory gymnasts, some states compete right now. So they may be wrapping up their compulsory season. Some of them may go on to compete their first year of optionals in the spring. And then other states um, will compete compulsories and, and excel in the spring. So um, no matter where you are, whether you're in the US or you're international, no matter what level your gymnast is, um, I think all these tips can be applied year round, but definitely ones that we want to focus on right now. So um, if you want extra support for your gymnast, and if you have a level five, six through 10 gymnast, and you want to learn how to fuel them for optimal performance and longevity, not just this season, but for many seasons after in the in the sport, um, I invite you to apply for our VIP program. This is our three month um, coaching program where it's a hybrid of group sessions and one-on-one sessions where I teach you everything you need to know about fueling your gymnast um, and strategies that aren't just going to help you right now, but they're going to help as your gymnast grows and develops, not just as a person, as a human, but also in the sport. So um, you can find the link for more information in the show notes. Um, feel free to direct message me on Instagram or shoot me an email on my website if you have questions um, about anything. You know, I am very happy just to help triage. You know, if you're not sure where to start, you're not sure what your gymnast needs, um, feel free to reach out and I'm happy to direct you as best as possible. So with that, I will talk to you guys later. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast sponsored by the Balanced Gymnast Method course. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss out on any episodes. You can find any links that we mentioned in the show notes of the episode and also how you can work with us. If you're looking to learn to fuel your gymnast for optimal performance without the stress or overwhelm, feel free to email us. If you have any questions, you can reach us at support at christinaandersonrdn.com, share what's going on and we'll get back to you. Or you can learn more about our programs by going to our website, christinaandersonrdn.com slash work with us. Bye for now.